0: Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code MAYFLOWERS, one word, to receive your discount. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code MAYFLOWERS. Thank you for your support. It's May 8th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Russia attacked Kyiv with nearly three dozen drones overnight. Ukrainian officials said on Monday, one of the largest waves to directly target the Ukrainian capital and part of a broader aerial assault on towns and cities across the country. According to the New York Times, Ukraine's Air Force said that it shot down all 35 drones over Kyiv in what was the fourth large-scale assault aimed at the city this month. At least five people were injured when drone wreckage fell onto buildings, Vitaly Klitschko, the mayor of Kiev, said in a statement. This was the most massive drone attack on the capital during the entire war, Mr. Klitschko later told reporters. Russian forces have been stepping up attacks on Ukrainian civilians as Moscow braces for Kiev to launch a counteroffensive." Now that the winter has ended, Ukrainian officials have warned that Moscow may try to provoke an attack timed to Tuesday, the annual May 9th Victory Day holiday that marks the Soviet triumph over Nazi Germany. President Vladimir Putin has in years past turned that celebration into a showcase for modern Russian military might and a venue to spread his vision of Russian nationalism. The BBC reports that Russia has sparked a mad panic as it evacuates a town near the contested Zaporizhia nuclear power plant, a Ukrainian official says. Russia has told people to leave 18 settlements in the Zaporizhia region ahead of Kyiv's anticipated offensive. The Ukrainian mayor of Melitopol, Ivan Fedorov, said there were five-hour waits as thousands of cars left the UN's nuclear watchdog warned a severe nuclear accident could occur. Speaking to the BBC's NewsHour program, Rafael Grossi, the director of International Atomic Energy Agency, said the evacuation of residents near the nuclear facility indicated the possibility of heavy fighting between Russian and Ukrainian forces around the plant. Although its reactors were not producing electricity, they were still loaded with nuclear material, he said. Mr. Grossi added that he had to travel through a minefield when he visited the plant a few weeks ago. According to the AP, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen on Sunday said there are no good options for the United States to avoid an economic calamity if Congress fails to raise the nation's borrowing limit of $31.3 trillion in the coming weeks she did not rule out President Joe Biden bypassing lawmakers and acting on his own to try to avert a first-ever federal default. Yellen, interviewed on ABC's This Week, painted a dire picture of what might happen if the borrowing limit is not increased before the Treasury Department runs out of what it calls extraordinary measures to operate under the current cap. That time, she said, is expected to come in early June, perhaps as early as June 1st. Whether it's defaulting on interest payments that are due on the debt, or payments due for Social Security recipients, or to Medicare providers, we would simply not have enough cash to meet all of our obligations, she said. And it's widely agreed that financial and economic chaos would ensue. An increase in the debt limit would not authorize new federal spending. It would only allow borrowing for what Congress has already approved. Elsewhere, the Washington Post reports that the gunman who opened fire on an outlet mall in a Dallas suburb on Saturday, killing at least eight people, had an apparent fascination with white supremacist or neo-Nazi beliefs that are now being examined by investigators as a possible motive for the attack people familiar with the investigation said Sunday. Mauricio Garcia, a 33-year-old Dallas resident, had multiple weapons on him and five additional guns in his car nearby, said people familiar with the investigation, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to discuss the ongoing probe. Authorities have not released a motive, but a patch on the shooter's chest said RWDS, an initialism that stands for Right Wing Death Squad according to people familiar with the investigation. The phrase is popular among right-wing extremists, neo-Nazis, and white supremacists, they said, and while there is still a great deal of evidence to analyze, and authorities have not reached any conclusions yet, investigators are approaching the shooting as a possible hate crime. Political Europe reports that the European Union is getting ready to crown its own monarch, Ursula von der Leyen but there's nothing symbolic about the power she wields. As president of the bloc's executive arm, von der Leyen is due to serve until 2024, when the EU will elect a new European parliament. The vote is meant to help determine, at least in theory, who gets to succeed her in the powerful role. But with the election more than a year away, stars are already aligning around a second term for von der Leyen, who has yet to confirm she's even interested in continuing the job. The center-right European People's Party, which controls the largest faction in the European Parliament, has thrown its weight behind the German politician, as have Germany's conservative parties. Chancellor Olaf Scholz's ruling coalition in Berlin is sending positive signals. And while French President Emmanuel Macron has yet to say publicly whether he backs von der Leyen for a second term. It was largely thanks to him that she got the job in the first place in 2019, and he may well back her again. Von der Leyen would need to secure a simple majority in parliament in order to be confirmed for a second term. According to Al Jazeera, Pakistan and Afghanistan's Taliban government have agreed to boost trade and lower tensions along their border amid a surge in attacks on Pakistani security forces, officials said. The deal was struck in Islamabad on Sunday, according to Pakistan's foreign ministry. The agreement is designed to improve bilateral trade, combat terrorism, and boost bilateral ties. Relations between Pakistan and Afghanistan have featured ups and downs in the past year. In February, the two sides shut the main Afghan-Pakistan border, stranding people in trucks carrying food and essential items. After a Pakistani delegation traveled to Kabul for talks on the crisis, the border was reopened after a week. Islamabad has demanded from the Taliban in Kabul that they do more to rein in anti-Pakistani groups, such as the Pakistan Taliban, also known as TTP which has stepped up attacks on Pakistani security forces in recent months. The Taliban government of Afghanistan has been shunned by most of the international community for the harsh and restrictive measures they have imposed since seizing power in August 2021, when the United States and NATO troops were in the final weeks of their pullout from the country after 20 years of war. The Guardian reports that the U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's ties to conservative political figures is an American embarrassment, and the question is whether that is shameful enough to the country's highest-ranking judge to do something about it, the Senate Judiciary Committee's chairperson said on Sunday. This tangled web around Justice Thomas just gets worse and worse by the day. Illinois senior Democratic Senator Dick Durbin said on CNN's State of the Union. I don't know what is going to come up next. I thought I'd heard it all, but disclosures about his activities just embarrass me. In an interview with host Jake Tapper, the four term senator called on Roberts to implement a Supreme Court code of conduct that finally means something and requires its nine justices to subject themselves. To at least the minimal standards that apply to all other federal judges. This is the Roberts Court, Durbin said. History is going to judge him by the decision he makes on this. He has the power to make the difference. In lighter news from the UPI, a Michigan man who won a $40 prize from a lottery ticket decided to reinvest his winnings into more tickets and won $500,000. I was cashing in a $40 winning ticket and used my winnings to buy more tickets, the player said. I scratched the tickets as soon as I got into my car, and the lucky number 13 ticket was the last one I scratched. The player said his eyes initially deceived him about the prize. I thought I'd won $500, so I put on my glasses and looked at the ticket over again to make sure I was reading it right. When I realized I had actually won $500,000, I couldn't believe it. I had my wife look the ticket over, and when she confirmed I'd won $500,000, we called our family to tell them the good news, he said. The winner said his prize money will go toward paying bills and completing home improvement projects. If you have a strange but true story that you'd like to share, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. The story should come from a reputable news source and be verifiable. If we use the story we'll include a shout-out to the person who sent it. That's all the news I have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.